blessed uh, this Mother's Day because my mother is here with us, Carol Poling, sitting in the, in the back pew there. You know, you could be an Episcopalian. You knew just where to sit, all the way in the back. <laughs> I, uh, so there, I, I, I had so many advantages in my upbringing, um, but knowledge of agricultural practices was not one of those. I had to bone up on that some when I became a pastor and had to learn how to understand these texts that we have in the Bible. You see, when Jesus was, for example, sharing his parables, when he says, a sower went out to sow, everybody would have known exactly what that looks like. And, you know, for us, maybe a hundred years ago, it would be a similar thing. You would be used to personal agricultural practice. But nowadays, of course, we get our meat not by taking the chicken out back, but by going to Lowers. We get our vegetables out of the, the cooler at the supermarket uh, or maybe from the farm stand at the side of the road, unless you really do like the gardening thing. Um, but back then, of course, people would have known what they were talking about. One, one of the things that I did uh, to, to understand Scripture better, I actually went to a slaughterhouse one day, and I spent a morning there. Uh, you know, I read, read all this stuff in Leviticus about the different sacrifices and how they were supposed to be made, but I'd never actually seen anything like this done. And, uh, and so I went and I, I saw that happen. Um, one of the things that I found especially helpful in understanding our psalm today is a little book by a guy named Philip Keller called The Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23. Some of you may have read this, uh, read this book. It's, it's uh, very accessible and it's a, a great little uh, book by a man who had been a shepherd. And he talked about what it, uh, what it means uh, to, to understand the things that we find in Psalm 23 if you understand a little bit something about how sheep are raised. And one of the things that I've understood from his book that is the most important thing is that sheep are dumb. I mean, sheep are, are dumb as rocks. And when God's people throughout Scripture are referred to as sheep, it's not a compliment. And because sheep are dumb, it's really hard to get sheep to the place that we have described at the beginning of Psalm 23, where they could say, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Now, the way Hebrew works, you, you've got a lot of information embedded in the word about who is causing something to happen. Our language isn't quite like that. So when we read, he makes me lie down in green pastures, you think about somebody scolding you. and uh, it, It's more, no, it, I am lying down in green pastures, and God is the one who's causing this to happen. God, my shepherd. But for many reasons, sheep are unlikely to lie down in green pastures unless a whole bunch of important conditions are met. The first one, as you could imagine, is that they have to be full. Because if sheep are hungry and they're in a green pasture, they're going to be eating grass. They're going to be standing up and, and chowing down. But if sheep are satisfied, if they're content, then even in a green field, they'll be able to lie down. And the fact that they're even in a green field means that they have been... <laughs> 
shepherded well because, as I mentioned, sheep are dumb. And so if sheep are left to their own devices, sheep will completely overgraze any place you put them. They will eat the grass down to the root. They'll even dig the roots out and eat those, which is why the shepherd needs to keep moving them from field to field. If, if the shepherd doesn't do that, if they can just overgraze a place, and then there's nothing there for them to eat. In fact, the, the shepherd has to not only plan to move them around, he sometimes has to prepare the, the soil in these different places so that it will grow the things that the sheep need to eat. So for a sheep to lie down in pastures green, that sheep has to be content, and the only way that's going to happen is if the sheep is shepherded well, if the shepherd has cared for the sheep. Sheep are not only dumb, sheep are also skittish. And so for a sheep to lie down, the sheep has to feel completely safe. Now, sheep, as you may know, are basically defenseless. I mean, you know, you, you know a mountain, mountain ram or something is, is not defenseless. He can bang heads against somebody. But, but the sheep that we know today and that were known 3,000 years ago when the psalmist wrote are fully domesticated. These animals are utterly unable to survive unless they are tended. They are victims of any number of things, disease, mischief from other sheep, of course, predators like wolves, and they're even potential victims of their own clumsiness. Because if you're a sheep and you fall, anybody remember VeggieTales? Did you guys see the Dave and the Giant Pickle? One of the great, okay, so there's kind of a running gag in there where, where Dave, King David, uh, is shepherding these sheep. There are a couple actually really subtle gags in there. Like it, it says at the end after the battle, or, or before the battle, that David brought his brother's bread and cheese. And, and in, the, in the Veggie Tales, he shows up with pizza. But, uh, but there's a running gag in it where David's sheep fall over. And so, you know, the sheep fall over, everybody laughs. But here, here's what happens if a sheep falls over, it dies. Sheep are not able to get themselves back up, generally. And if the sheep is not righted, then the sheep is toast. Sometimes between a few hours and a few days, the gases build up in the stomach and the sheep dies a very uncomfortable death, unless, of course, the sheep is fallen upon by a wolf or a coyote, in which case it dies both an uncomfortable and a violent death. It's hard being a sheep, which is why for you to lie down in pastures green you need to feel completely safe. You need to feel completely well cared for by a shepherd who is ensuring that you're fed and ensuring that even if you fall over, you can be righted. And it's hard being a sheep, too, because apparently sheep uh, can be a little catty. Sheep can be, uh, I guess there, there's some sort of a social hierarchy among the sheep that all that needs to be settled before anybody can, can settle down. It's kind of like at the, the office break room. Nobody can sit down and enjoy their coffee unless everybody makes sure that they're, they're getting along with the right people. The sheep are the same way. So it's hard to be a sheep. And it's hard for a sheep to get into a situation where the sheep can say, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. I shall not need anything. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures leads me beside still waters. 
These mean paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And, and the sheep that is able to say, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, is a sheep that has absolute confidence that it is being well shepherded, that the shepherd is going to protect that sheep from any predators. But what's interesting there is what the psalmist says, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The rabbis argue over whether the rod is one thing and the staff is the other, or whether the psalmist is using just two different words for the, the same thing. But the point is that that rod, that staff, that crozier, if you've ever seen, the, I was just at the diocesan convention, the bishop was there with his crozier next to him. It represents the staff of a shepherd. It's, it's used for discipline. It's used to bop a disobedient sheep on the head to get it back where it's supposed to go. It's used to pull a sheep out of trouble. It's, it's used to, to lead the sheep where they need to go. For the sheep to say, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Is for the sheep to say, I am in need of guidance. I am in need of direction. I am sometimes in need of rescue and then oftentimes in need of a good bop on the head to get me going where I need to go. This is really, really, really wonderful news if you have a good shepherd. If you have a bad shepherd, you're in trouble if you're a sheep. In fact, we read in, in the, uh, the prophets, oftentimes Israel's rulers, the leaders of the people, who were supposed to be caring for them, who were supposed to embody that role of a shepherd that we first kind of have David embodying and even Moses before him. He, the, the prophets talk of them as, as evil shepherds who instead of feeding the sheep, they feed on the sheep. They use the sheep for their own benefit. They're not caring for the sheep. And so if you've got a bad shepherd and you're, in a, you're a sheep, you're, you're in real trouble. The good news is we have a good shepherd. We have a very good shepherd. And the writer of Revelation, John, in his vision, sees this magnificent picture that the very same lamb who was sacrificed for us is also the great shepherd of the sheep. And Jesus, when he says, I am the good shepherd, is saying the most true thing that any sheep would want to hear and the best news that any sheep would want to hear. This is a problem, though. If you're a sheep who doesn't want to have a shepherd. This is a problem if you're a sheep who doesn't recognize that sheep need shepherds. That sheep being the nature of sheep, being the way they are, they need help. They need somebody to look after them. They need somebody to protect them. They need somebody, frankly, to protect them from themselves and their own worst instincts. And so if your attitude is that you can shepherd yourself, thank you very much, that's not going to go well for you when you are cast, when you fall over, or when you are set upon by a wolf. 
It's not going to help you much when you eat up all the forage in the place where you are and you can't find anything else to sustain you. That's not going to help you when you want to drink out of the muddy pools rather than being led to the clear, still waters. But, if you're willing to say, the Lord is my shepherd, then you can say everything else that the psalmist said. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And say it with me if you know the old King James. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table for me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forevermore. Amen.